listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. should be on okay there we go hi now the holy gospel according to matthew the 25th chapter then jesus said to the disciples when the son of humanity comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he'll put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me in the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've been thinking a lot about parenting recently and being a parent. I know not everyone takes that journey or even wants that journey. I know it's different for everyone. I've had four kids in my life, um, and this was my first Thanksgiving where it wasn't all six of us at the table. A milestone I wasn't really looking forward to and seeing that change in my life. I'm thinking about my kids and what I'm sending them into the world to do and to be and thinking about what it means to raise a kid and our hopes and in raising our children. I, I didn't know that we were gonna do Beautiful Savior, and when we did it last night, that was the song that I used to sing as I was rocking my kids to sleep. A good Swedish tune that I would sing Beautiful Savior to them as we rocked to sleep. Makes me think of parenting. Recently, we had a parenting seminar. We had uh, 20 different uh, families all gathered down in the Family Life Center on a Saturday morning for four hours with, with a leader who kind of walked us through attachment parenting and teaching us about the stuff that we grew up with and the things that we get triggered by and how that kind of comes out sideways sometimes, you know, at our kids and we can get kind of all wound up. And so it really left me thinking about everything I've done wrong with my kids over the 
the last 20 years or so? Anybody else ever feel that way? Yeah, for me, I, I spent my morning there texting my son going, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry for everything I've ever done. And he very sweetly texted back and said, no, dad, I love you. And yeah, you've made mistakes, but so have I. And I forgive you and you forgive me. And, and part of who I am is because of who you are and how you've raised me. And I'm like, I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. But... <sighs> But it was a good moment. I've been thinking a lot about parenting and thinking when, when we have that child in our life, if you ever you have a child, or maybe if you were just ever to mentor someone or guide someone or walk beside someone, what is it that you're hoping for that person? What is it that you really are thinking, I want this person to have something? A part of that is you just want sort of success. Maybe that's one of the things. You want them to be able to get up out of bed and get themselves to work, get themselves where they need to go. You want a little bit of that kind of life and that work. You just want them to do. So we do everything we can to help our kids get there. And so maybe, maybe we enroll them in sports. Maybe we help them do sports things and participate in sports. Or maybe, maybe we get them involved in church and hope that a community like this can help nurture and guide them. There's, there's Boy Scouts and doing Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, doing those kind of things. There's tutoring to try to improve grades. So we're doing what we can to try to figure out how we can help that child be successful. But the text today, and what I hear from the text today, is that success doesn't really enter into it. Success is really not the end result that, that living the life of Christ really looks like. That it's not like you will know that you are living that life if you are successful. There's something, there's something else there. It's the story of Jesus that um, talks about the son of, it says son of man. The word there is anthropos. That means humanity, but we've just, we're stuck on that. But it's the son of all of humanity, the child of all of humanity. And it says seated on a throne of glory and gathers them all up and says, blessed are you for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat, thirsty, something to drink, naked, you clothed me, a stranger, you welcomed me, sick, you healed me, prison, you visited me. And the two things that I want us to notice in this, the first one is this. The people then said, Lord, when was that? I don't remember that at all. When, when did we help? When did we feed? When did we clothe? When did we welcome? What I love is that the thing that had these these, these people, these gathered sheep together, it was not about them trying to earn a merit badge. It wasn't about them trying to earn, a, to make a grade. It wasn't about success-minded at all. It literally was just literally, uh, they had a compassion, a love that dwelled, that sort of welled up in them. That they didn't do it because they were worried that it was Jesus, and if they didn't, they'd be in trouble. They weren't like, oh, here's some water, Jesus, just in case. I don't want to... You know, don't want to get in trouble. Instead, they simply had compassion for the rest of humanity. They had something dwelling up inside them that made them want to extend a hand of help to those who had need. To be able to see another human, to see another human and have your heart break for them, that seemed to be what, what Jesus is looking for in the reign of God. What it looks like to dwell in God is that there's compassion and there's love. Looking, if you think about it, it's sort of the theme through the whole story of Jesus. Everything Jesus does points us back to this. 
If you think about the story of the Good Samaritan, the judge, the one who's supposed to know the law and what the right thing to do, there's a man beaten on the side of the road. He walks on the other side and ignores. The person who's the priest, the pastor, the one who lives and dwells, walks on the other side. But it's the Samaritan, the outsider, the one not at the right church, the one who's not going, the one who's on the outside. It's that one that Jesus says, be like that one. Because that one's living the way of God. Because the way of God is that he sees the one on the side of the road, has compassion, heart breaks, and says, I need to do something to help you, my friend. And lifts him up, puts him on his donkey, sends him to the inn, and says, whatever you pay, I will pay back. When when they ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God, but the second is just like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. On this is based all the law and the prophets. Love, compassion. When Jesus is at that table, the night in which he's betrayed, what he does is he pulls aside a little stool and sits at the feet of all the disciples and he washes their feet. This isn't a cute gesture about doing something gross. This is literally the lowest job in the ranking of jobs in the household. Because when you wash the feet, you're washing all the things that are in the road out there and you become ritually unclean and you're not welcome to the table. It is the lowest of all the jobs. And Jesus says, you come down low. You come down here and you have compassion. And who does, whose feet did Jesus wash? Judas. Peter, who denied. The disciples who all ran away. That's who Jesus said, and he said, I do this so that you may have peace. Do not worry, I have overcome the world. He says, I leave you with a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Have you just, do you hear the theme? Over and over, if you want to understand what it means to live in the way of God, it is not about having the right theology. It is not about doing the right thing. It's not about, it's literally out of compassion. What I love about this story about Jesus and the feeding of the sheep is that they don't do this in order to earn merit badges or because they were told to by their mom and they'd be in trouble if they didn't. They did it because they had the way of God dwelling inside them and they had compassion and love for their neighbor. We even sing a song about it. It goes, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Not, and they'll know we are Christians by our bumper stickers, by our bumper stickers. And they'll know we are Christians by our t-shirts, by our t-shirts. Right? That's not the song. And they'll know we are Christians by our judgmental attitudes of people that are different from us, by our judgmental attitudes by people who are different from us. Do you, do you hear that? What we are measured, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and living in the way of God literally means that we live out of a deep-seated compassion that we can't help, that we can't help. Let me tell you what would break my heart is if we went and served our friends who are coming here to Family Promise so that we could reach our hands back here and go, aren't we such a good church? That would break my heart. Instead, our hearts should say, oh, a family. Parents, kids, grandparents, guardians, and their kids are coming here and they need our help. What else are we supposed to do but get in a van and go pick them up, Right? What else are we supposed to do but feed them because they're humans in our home? How can we come and sit before you 
and hold you and serve you and befriend you and love you. For when you were a stranger, you welcomed me. Are you with me? Our job, our role, what we are called to do is to live out of compassion. And if you do that, all the things will make sense. Are you following? The other thing that I love about this is that Jesus, Jesus, you know, we, we just talked about thrones and it used to be called, does anybody remember Christ the King Sunday? Do you remember that? We called it Christ the King Sunday. We don't call it that as much anymore because the word king is kind of problematic, right? It's a little pro- problematic. It's because we don't really have a better word for the person who's kind of ruling and living and, and in charge of things. But when we think king, we kind of think like, you know, old white dude on giant chair and thing on their head and, you know, castle and all I survey. You know what I mean? Like, and, and frankly, we've known a lot of really crummy kings, right? So to call God Christ the king feels a little different. But the idea of it is because we don't have a better word is to say that when we live in Christ, the reign of Christ, where Christ rules, where Christ dwells, where Christ lives, where Christ is active, where Christ is in charge, where Christ is moving, where Christ is leading, where Christ is guiding is where we are living out of compassion and love for one another. And that will be the mark of the reign of Christ. That will be where you know God is active. And Christ says, and this is how you will really know it, is when Christ comes to you and the least and the lowly, not with a crown and armor and a shield and a sword and power and a steed. Instead, what does Jesus drive right into Jerusalem on? A donkey. That's on purpose, y'all. Rides a donkey. And what does Jesus' throne look like? The stool at the feet of his friends washing them. I kind of think we should call Christ the king. There should be a question mark at the end. We should should say Christ the king? What I love is that this is about the Christ showing up in each and every human in all of humanity, especially in those that we would say belong on the outside, especially those who are hungering and thirsting for justice, especially the widow, the orphan, the outsider, and poor. That is where Christ most richly dwells and where we see Christ most dwelling because that's what triggers the reign of Christ in us to have compassion and life for all people. Are you with me? You see, I think what I really want from my children, what I really want from them, the thing that would make me the most proud is if they had compassion. I I want them to grow up to care. I want them to, to be the one that says, somebody needs help, and they say, me, I'll do that. I want them to have character. I want them to be the kind of kid that others look to and say, that one cares about me. I would take that over a 4.0 grade point average any day of the week. Are you with me? Because that, that is the way of God. As we enter into this Advent season, that word Advent means the coming, the foment, the, the bringing of things together that Christ is coming into your lives every day. And your neighbors, strangers. See, maybe it's not, and they'll know we're Christians by our bumper stickers. Maybe it's, and they'll know we're Christians by the way we drive. (laughs) Yeah? That maybe the advent of Christ and the strangers and the life and the people around you, maybe, maybe this is the coming the coming of love and compassion into your own life. 
to stir up, to ignite in you love for those around you who need to, to, to be welcomed, to be grabbed, to have you see them and say, oh, look, a human who needs help. I see the Christ who dwells in you. Here, something to eat, something to drink. May the way of Jesus dwell richly in your life. And may that dwell most richly in the way you love and have compassion for the other. If you'll pray with me. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending. On paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out in good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. In the name of love, whose name is Jesus. Amen.